my goodness, we've got guests. You know what that means. It's another Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Hi, divas. It is Masterclass time. Thank you so much for being here. I wanted to tell you a little bit about my friend and colleague, Anne McMahon Quintero, before we jump into things. So get ready for the bio. Here we go. Praised for her evocative interpretations of oratorio and opera, Anne McMahon Quintero has filled the 2022-2023 season with new works and old favorites. She joined Boston Baroque and Alabama Symphony for Messiah, Charleston Symphony for Prokofiev, and originated the role of Yadira in the world premiere of Ghosts with San Diego Opera. Ms. Quintero was thrilled to join Santa Fe Opera in 2022 in one of her signature roles, Mistress Quickly in Falstaff. She has done a ton of other things. I highly encourage you to check out her, you know, her full bio to see, you know, all of her roles, Flora in the Medium, she's done Lee Hoiby's Bon Appetit, all of this kind of cool stuff. But I also wanted to tell you that Anne has had a, a long-term ongoing engagement with the Defiant Requiem Foundation, performing their special presentation of the Verdi Requiem in Defiant Requiem, Verdi et Terratine. And I, I definitely want you to check out more about that. Definitely go over to her website. I do want to share this last paragraph of her bio with you is what she did over the pandemic. Like everyone, the pandemic left Anne with a wealth of time. So she followed the crowd and turned to baking sourdough and learning to play the ukulele. She earned her certification as a yoga instructor and did a deep dive into learning more about social justice. You'll hear us talk a little bit about this in this episode. Anne also fostered a wonderful pit bull named Ella and will happily share more photos than you need upon request. <laughs> I don't know if there's a level at which I top out on those photos, but I'm just saying I'm here for it. <laughs> okay, divas, I would love for you to help me welcome Anne McMahon Quintero to be a masterclass guest. Here we go. Hooray! <laughs> and thank you so much for coming to be a masterclass guest on the Studio Class podcast. I am so thrilled that you are here. Like we've been talking, and I have some exciting questions <laughs> for you. And I'm just really thrilled oh that we get a chance to like do this together. So, really, for me, this is such a pleasure. And I cannot wait for our Studio Class listeners to hear your thoughts and your wisdom. And I was wondering if you would kick us off by just telling us a little bit about yourself. You bet. Um, so, so I'm Anne McMahon Quintero, uh, or Quintero, depending on how you're feeling that day. Um, and uh, I've been working in the industry for 20 years. Um, I'm a mezzo-soprano. I specialize mostly in Verdi and Baroque, um, which is sort of a strange pairing. But, uh, you know, when you have a lower extension as a mezzo, they'll, they'll try and make you do contralto stuff as much as they can. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. It's, it's just, it's like that. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah i've had a very diverse interesting um kind of wild career i have a lot of stories to get me three beers in the bar um yeah yeah good and bad all, all of it i've got all of it <laughs> i got all of it <laughs> all I of it i know where all the bodies are buried all yes <laughs> well and that's also why you know why i'm so thrilled that you were willing to come on this podcast and just talk about these things, because one of my goals with this podcast is to have those kinds of real conversations. Mm -hmm. Most of the people that are listening are practitioners that are making their way through their own careers. And because each of our paths looks so different and unique, I, I really want to talk about those things. So I'm hoping Absolutely. that you would start with my first favorite question, which is, what is an intention that you're keeping for yourself right now? So a little bit of context for this. Um, I was fairly recently diagnosed as neurodivergent. Interesting. And it explained a lot of things about a lot of the experiences um, and relationships that I've had over the years. And um, it helps me to see more clearly um, my relationship with my body and with my work and with my colleagues. And so at this point, my intention is more about being authentically myself, trying to take off the the mask mm -hmm. that I've been wearing for so long, trying to appear normal, mm -hmm. um, and to ask for help. Wow! Without 
fear, like just asking for accommodations, asking for assistance, asking for a moment if I need it. Yeah. Um, that's a very new thing for me. Yeah. You know, because I, I feel like a lot of times in the industry, we're told be impenetrable, be perfect, be, you know, you, you cannot make any mistakes. You cannot have any weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, the minute I started embracing those weaknesses, things got so much better. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so great to hear. I, without, you know, divulging anything that you don't want to necessarily talk about, I was wondering if you might tell us a little bit about what helped push you towards asking about that kind of diagnosis or kind of figuring that having those kinds of conversations, you know, you, you've experienced this your whole life. And so what was kind of happening that allowed you to say like, you know what, I really want to talk to somebody about this. Instagram. <laughs> yes. it was Instagram. It was freaking Instagram. Like, you know, okay. So there, there's a joke in, in the neurospicy community that like, I'm sorry if all of your friends have ADHD or are autistic, I have a surprise for you because we woman, we Roman packs, you know, like just weird little packs of neurospices, just yes. babbling at each other about the weirdest stuff. And, and, you know, like if you've ever felt like, God, the only people who get me are this, it's this little band of weirdos. You might want to look into that. Like, and I, and welcome. <laughs> come join us. We have cookies. It's great. Like there will be a knitting circle. It, it's fantastic. Uh, we're all going to stim later. Um, so, <laughs> I love um, it. yeah, well, cause I mean, again, like I spent so much energy from my very earliest memories trying to hide a lot of what would be considered antisocial behavior or odd behavior. And, you know, uh, girls are policed so much more heavily than boys are mm -hmm. in terms of these behaviors that I, I figured everybody was either, everybody was doing the same thing and we were all just doing the thing that you're supposed to do to do, you know, society, right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or that I was broken and I needed to hide it at all costs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and especially what you said about the industry and our paths through training, so much of our training is about probably putting on the mask and hiding so many of our, like the facets of ourselves, which I love talking to artists about, which is tell me a little bit more about what that looks like for you to understand the tradition that you come from and be able to do that mm -hmm. and like participate in all of that. Um, I would say maybe like, the tradition and the rules and the kind of parameters and things like that, that we've agreed upon that say that this is the kind of art that we make, but also mm -hmm. that we're artists, we're weirdo kids, like that want to like make cool, fun sounds with each other. <laughs> and so right, right. I, I wonder what that balance has been like for you as you've embraced your voice as an adult, but also you've, you've made you've made it all this way in the field <laughs> and yeah. finding what that looks like. How do you what things do you take from the tradition while also pursuing your kind of individual artist path? Ooh. So I mentioned earlier that uh, I tend to do a lot of Baroque music. Uh, I work with Boston Baroque a lot. They're like my home company. I adore them. I've been working with them since 2006. Amazing. Um, they just had me um, MC and perform for their 50th anniversary gala. Wow. Uh, yeah, like um, a couple months ago. I have to tell you, that group is so deliciously nerdy, you know, um, like sometimes, sometimes when I'm doing, uh, like grand opera and stuff like that, it can feel like a bunch of jocks just mm -hmm. running around being loud. <laughs> when you do the Baroque stuff, you, you know what I mean? You know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. And I, and I, and I love it. I, I love running around and being loud. It's great. It's exciting. Yes. But the, but those moments where you can make eye contact with the violist when you have your lines that are coming together and you can like have that, that communication, mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, so I've always felt safe there because I felt like I didn't have to prove myself as much. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like they wanted to work with me as much as I wanted to work with them. And it wasn't a competition. Yeah. Whereas a lot of times 
terms of other things, it feels like, okay, so we're just screaming the loudest. <laughs> cool. Um, and so finding those collaborative places, that's, you know, I mean, but like, but finding those spaces where people really, what they really want is to collaborate. That's the true spirit of it. Um, sorry, that's the, the ADHD just kicked in. I can't remember the original. No, that was it. That was great. I, I, well, I was also kind of asking, okay. when you answered this, I was asking, you know, that balance between what do I take from the tradition and how do I pursue my individual artist path, especially if I'm, uh, especially if I am living in this brain that is neurodivergent. And, and I think also what you, what you really said there too, is, is being able to find our places and find our tribes, find our place, our communities and stuff like that, where we can work on the things that we value together, like being collaborative. Yeah. Or do we all like making these kinds of sounds, you know? <laughs> like, right. so, yeah. I, I have to tell you, um, just, um, I mean, it's on topic, but so I was in Santa Fe last summer. Yeah. I, it was my first time back there since being an apprentice. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, boy, it was an interesting story to one of the violists in the orchestra. And we met one night in, in our, our parking lot and we were just, just chatting. And she said, oh, my God, can we do can we do the Brahms Alton Viola songs? Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, we can. And so we got together with uh, Brian Register, who's a, an amazing tenor. Um, he's also a beautiful pianist, oh, and he wow. loves doing collaborative piano stuff. And we just went in the practice room, and we just did Brahms together. Not for anybody else, not for recording, not for, it's, you know, like, we took a recording, but no one's put it up on social media. Yeah. We just did it for ourselves. Yes. Yeah. And it's the first time in so long any of us had just made music for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And trying to explain it to people was wild. They're like, oh, so are you going to do it? It's like, no, 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 no. We just went into a practice room and had a wonderful time yeah. and made pretty noises. Oh, I love that. Do you think that that's it, I, something that you'll, you're, you're trying to kind of bring more and more into your life or, or, or just even just that awareness of, oh, that was really special to have that time together to just make music for ourselves? Is that something that you'll try to absolutely bring a little bit more into your life? I would love to. The, I mean, obviously we all know it's, it's hard. It's mm -hmm. hard to find colleagues who want to do things mm -hmm. just for the love of it. Because, because we are, we're all hustling, right? We're all trying to make yes. a buck. We're all trying to make rent. We're all trying to, to do the thing. And so it's very hard to find people who have the space and the and the and the mental sort of state to be able to do that without feeling like I'm wasting my time if there's not a paycheck at the end right you know um which I, I look I have all the respect in the world for it I've lived that way for a long time myself I get it mm -hmm. um but after doing that I just went oh this is this is magical mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To be to be selfish in that way, to be spiritually selfish with your music. Yes, I love that. I love that you um, turned it as you know because I, 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 I don't like consider selfish self care. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, but this this is well okay. Yeah, I was just about to say like I don't think selfish is a bad word. I think that yeah. we we've given it a bad connotation in our culture, but I think there's something really wonderful about saying yes, I'm doing this because it pleases me. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> it's yeah, it's very um we we American culture in particular is really uh, opposed to pleasure. Yes. And sure pleasure. We need to find ways to give that to ourselves, right? To think about and not only, you know, so much of our lives and and I coach a lot of people so we're really always thinking about mm -hmm. like, well, how can I make music more a part of my professional life and then and then sometimes we forget that when to do music just for ourselves you know and yeah how powerful that can be so i'm so glad that you mentioned yeah. that here and also those brahms two songs i mean ugh, oh my god we just sing those uh, they're out so all day good. every day <laughs> they're, they're so, so good because <laughs> i had never done them before oh 
right? I had never done them before. And it was just such a a magical situation in which to do it. Just incredible. Exactly. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, and this is going to feel like a little bit of a... A, a little Let's bit do it. of a random segue, but I like to also ask, I think that all of us teach in our own ways, right? I think that being just, I don't know, being a musician is being a teacher, being, being present with other people is passing information to each other. And so I ask this question, but it's kind of a, a holistic question, which is what is a skill that you love to teach? So like, what is the information that you love to pass on to other people? So I don't teach um, uh, formally. I, you know, I've I've given a couple of lessons, uh, although I've generally said like, let's not call it a lesson. Let's call it fucking around in a practice room. Um, uh, How do I and... sign up for that, Anne? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it boils down I was to. Like, like, is there a sign up sheet? People... I would like to be there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just dicking around in a practice room, you know. Um, but I. Um, one of the themes that seems to come up a lot for me when I'm, when I'm talking to people, when I'm talking to younger people in particular is only about 75% of what you think you need to, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that holds true across the board for almost everything. Cause so often, man, we're just gunning it and killing ourselves and actually doing ourselves a disservice. You know, and I and I know that I went through a, um, this period when I when I had my sort of uh, vocal box shift. Mm. Um, I was trying to make something happen that wasn't going to happen, mm. and when I relaxed and let my instrument be my instrument, everything opened up. It calmed down. Everything was chill. Yeah. It was when I was trying to force something that I that I really got myself into trouble. Yeah. That and the other thing that I always uh, point out to people is that auditioning is like dating yes and 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 people fall into the same traps with both yeah. you know um it's like oh they didn't like me that means i'm terrible nope incorrect Mm-mm. it meant it was the wrong pairing yeah exactly but it's so hard and to that's feel funny. that right <laughs> it's like it's so hard it's so hard because you want to be the perfect person for everybody right you want to be the perfect singer for every company you want to be the best person for it now and you can't Mm-mm. you can't and it's really it even though it feels so desperately personal it's really not that personal most of the time yeah. most of the time yeah. as you've as you've been going through your path do you feel like you've been able to bring anything into your your experience of not getting the gig not getting a call back not getting <laughs> something that helped you process that feeling of rejection in a in a healthier way i mean i think we all yeah what you know like i always love the yeah. give yourself 24 hours to just like really feel it kind of thing but I oh think, yeah you know so is there anything for you that has felt like maybe it doesn't soften the situation but it at least allows you to kind of process your feelings through it um So most of the time, like when, if it's, if it's an audition setting, mm-hmm. man, I, I just drop that stuff and roll. Like it's, it's like, it never happened to me. <laughs> yeah. I go, that, that was my performance. That was it. That was it. That was the yeah. performance. I'm out. And I never think about it again. Yeah. Cause you know, it's, um, cause you know, you get past a certain point in your life where you're like, you know what, they'll call me if they need me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't have the brain space for this. Yeah. So nice seeing you have a good one. Bye-bye. I'm going to the bar. Um, and, and, uh, uh, but there have been times where, man, I, oh, I really wanted the thing. Oh, I wanted the thing. It was mm-hmm. just excruciating to see it go to somebody else. And, yeah. you know, and man, you do have, you have, you have all those awful thoughts, you know, the ones where it's just like, oh, why that bitch, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I can do it better than her, <laughs> all that stuff. You do all that stuff and you can't help it. Right. Um, it's so it's so ugly, but you know, um, it, it, it is, it's just turning, turning the boat and just going, yeah. okay, great. Well, that, that's done. Yeah. Pick a new um, objective. Yeah. I, 
I definitely agree with you in that, um, especially what you were saying about like, this is um, the performance and like, I'll also um, just kind of get in there and get out, you know, pick a new focus. Yeah. Crop dust them. Just bye. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's, similarly to that, I tend to ask, you know, on the kind of career side or the business side of our lives, what I call our professionally creative side of our lives, right? Is, is there a micro action that you feel like has moved your career along? And micro actions are like, it's not the, it's not the whole thing. It's like, what is the smallest unit, right? It's something that is actionable uh, on kind of like a daily basis, like something that you've really been able to just check in with and do anytime, anywhere, because it helps move your career forward. Is there anything like that for you that you feel like, you know, when I do this micro action, I feel that agency? Journaling. Mm, I love that one. Journaling. I, you know, so I was afraid of journaling for a long time. I journaled a lot as a kid, but you know, it was normal kid stuff like, whatever, (laughs) Jimmy likes me or whatever. Um, but a dear friend of mine, um, insisted, he gave me the assignment. He said, you have to journal. Yeah. I need you to write in ink on paper as if you're going to burn it the minute you're done. Yeah. And never look back at them. Yeah. This is not a, 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 a log entry. This is just a place to get your, your thoughts out on paper. Because especially when you have, you know, so often we have so much anxiety and so many concerns and, um, and all these things. And when they're swirling in your brain, you can't even like touch them to organize them. Right. Once you get them on the paper, then you can do something about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually, I was, I was, um, I had a Zitz probe a couple months ago and I, so I, I, I have a trigger. <laughs> I have a trigger. Um, basically, anytime somebody says, are you marking? Oh, <laughs> well, mm, that one would absolutely get me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, uh, there, there's a whole story behind that. I don't think we have time for it. But like, but it's, it's one of those things like it'll make me break out in a cold sweat. Like oh, it sure. brings back all sorts of trauma that I've been trying to like, manage for years. Um, but uh, what you call it? Um, but somebody said, oh, you know, she's being covered by the orchestra in, the, in this spot. Which my brain turned into, you're inaudible. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you, have to, you know, all this sort of stuff. Your voice isn't big enough for this. What are you doing? But like my brain started like freaking out and like spiraling. And so I sat in the dark in, in the audience. And I pulled out my journal and I started writing down all the things that my brain was telling me. And by the end, I said, brain, you're you're arguing points that are mutually exclusive. Like you, you're just making shit up. Mm-hmm. You just are. And I actually managed to self-regulate mm. that panic that was rising up. Oh, of course. It's the best, simplest, easiest to carry tool that I have. Yes. And I, and I really do think that pen to paper is, is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Typing doesn't do the same thing. Writing on a tablet doesn't do the same thing for me, for me, yeah. you know, there's something about putting it physically on paper. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be good writing. It doesn't have to be good prose. It doesn't have to have good spelling or even be legible. You just, you just need to get it out of yes. your brain. Absolutely. I, and also that's such a great example because I think sometimes we think of journaling like you were mentioning is that we think of it mm-hmm. as either morning pages or at night. And it's just kind of like a catalog of things that happened or you did or whatever. But I love that you gave that story as an example of journaling as a tool in the moment as well. It's so, so, so useful. Do you mind, may I ask Extremely. you a, yeah. a deeper question on the, I think as mezzos or anybody that might like also sing contralto, anything like that, is that mm-hmm. because of the frequencies that we sing in is that we, we, often have to deal with orchestration issues that are not our fault. <laughs> like, and, mm-hmm. um, and what you were mentioning is like, because you mentioned that this comes up for you and it is a trigger, 
I think that mm-hmm. so many of us feel that same trigger and, and it doesn't matter how huge our voices are, you know, we're going to get covered up by that trumpet or whatever it is that's mm-hmm. happening at the same time. And yep. just logistically, I was wondering if you have any, any tools for us to, in the moment, kind of check in with that anxiety and also you know, ways that you might've advocated for yourself and our voice types that kind of end up in that situation regularly. Hey there, divas. Real quick thing before we get back to the rest of this episode. Do you love Studio Class? You can support it now by joining the Sybaritic Camerata on Patreon. It's just at patreon.com slash mezzoenen, M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. For $10 a month, you can join the listening circle where you get access to bonus episodes, you can make listener requests, And for $20 a month, you can become a Masterclass Scholar. Do you ever wish you could ask our Masterclass episode guests a question? Here's your chance. As a Masterclass Scholar, you're invited to the recording of the Masterclass episodes, and you get to ask your questions during an exclusive Q&A after the taping. So come on over, check it out, patreon.com slash mezzoenen. And now we're back to the episode. So um, I, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um I, I i i go back to that 75 percent thing yeah that's a big thing you know is just going don't push it mm-hmm. don't you don't you don't have to you shouldn't have to and you know i think we all know about the, oh see maestro see maestro whatever you want maestro oh maestro <laughs> we all know right <laughs> um but you know and and just and trying to be familiar and friendly and respectful with the orchestra and and beg their indulgence you know and just say hey guys you know i'm i'm doing the best i can please give me a hand i just need your help and asking for it and just saying i i'm i'm doing my level best give me a chance you guys are so powerful yeah be gentle be gentle you know and and just just you know and and beseeching (laughs) you know because that that's really that's what it boils down to is that you need your colleagues to be musical and thoughtful and responsive Mm -hmm. because if everybody's just screaming or blasting or whatever well then then i can't do my job Mm -hmm. i want to do my job yeah yeah and i'd rather not have to spend all of my energy just putting out as much volume as humanly possible instead of making music. Yes. Yes. Well, and that's exactly it is that we're all trying to just be there, be and be our most musical selves in that scenario. And I found even just hearing somebody say some phrases that they've used in those Mm -hmm. things can really Mm -hmm. help us out when we're trying to communicate with each other and say, like, exactly what you said is that, hey, I just want you to know that I'm doing my best here. And would you work together with me to achieve this goal that we're trying to get to can really do a lot rather than like uh, the defensiveness that sometimes we feel in that moment. You're like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) it's so stressful. Yeah. It's yeah, no, it's, 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 um, it's a shift of mindset to assume benevolence on the part of whoever you're, you're engaging with. But they're not trying to screw you. They're not trying to destroy you. And I, I actually, uh, what was it? Oh, I just did Elgar C pictures recently, which wow, is such a what? beautiful score. Yes. Oh my god, it's so stunning. Oh. I'm, I, I can't wait to get the recording for that. I'm so excited. Well, I will be. But I, but I, and I, the conductor and I talked before I got there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, it's it's going up everywhere as soon as I get my hands on it. Little mitts. Um. So, but I was talking to the conductor, who very singer friendly, and I said, "Look, here's the deal." Here's what I'm concerned about with this piece. Because it is so low and because the orchestration is so lush and everybody's going to want to lean into it. And I understand why. I would too. Yeah. If I was in that violin section, you better believe I'd be just yeah. sawing it because it's delicious. Yeah. It begs to be leaned into. Yes. So I I need you to entreat, you know, upon them to just like give me a chance. Give me a fighting chance because i because i again i want to do this with artistry and not just with volume but i'm, I'm gonna need them to like really rein it in i know it's not as much fun i know it's not as much fun but i think the end product is better yeah yeah 
well, and then we can all work together on artistry rather than than some people in the in the opera or in the orchestral work that get to do artistry and I have to just do volume, you know, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Well, and then and then you get called out in the review for being unartistic. Or yeah, or whatever. Like one sound. <laughs> and you're like, arg. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that. I mean, this is one of those things that people don't real. I, I think a lot of times orchestral members and, and conductors don't understand this either. The singer is always going to be the one who gets hit, no mm -hmm. matter what happens. Mm -hmm. um, and this this is a thing. Anytime that I have an opportunity to talk to a conductor about this, um that if you make me as a singer feel safe, I will try anything for you. Yeah. If I feel like I just have to defend myself and protect myself, that's all I'm going to be able to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to work with conductors. I want to feel safe, yeah. but I need to know that you're going to catch me. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's such a good point. Well, and because we're, we're always the ones that get that screwed up in the in the, in the reviews yeah. <laughs> well you're so every time. it's like you know like right we, yeah. we get blamed for our costumes we get blamed for <laughs> what you know the what the composer wrote I've, had, I've gotten blamed for the composition i'm just like how how is this my problem how did i do that <laughs> you're like i sang the notes that they gave me <laughs> like you're gonna have to take that up with vivaldi my friend that is not my fault i didn't do that Exactly. But, I've got but a again, but the, but to pick this, with Vivaldi. <laughs> I got a few of them. But, but this, this is the deal, right? This is this is what we. It's not fair. Yeah. There's nothing fair about it, but it's the life we're we've chosen. Yeah. Well, and it's it's the meaningful, purposeful struggle that that we give ourselves towards. But if it's losing yeah. the meaning behind it or the purpose in it, mm -hmm. and it then that's when we go oh i just don't feel i don't feel like we're collaborating here i don't feel like i'm safe in this in this artistic setting yeah and i think that you make such a great point of that's also good relationship building when you're showing up to a gig and i do you have any thoughts on kind of showing up to a gig you might not have a lot of time together because like rehearsal periods can be so right. short about building that trust with with your collaborators, with your conductor, with your orchestra members, anything like that? Um, so an another thing that, again, since my diagnosis, I've started doing is, um, and because I've always known, my, my face, when I'm thinking really hard, goes into like murder mode. <laughs> um, so during, so, I mean, it's, it's awful. The look is very bad. I've seen stills of it. It's not good. Um, but I... I've had enough like conductors and directors think that I'm rejecting their idea because I'm trying to process it as quickly as possible. So um, one, one of the things that I've started doing is every time that I'm working with somebody new, especially, I will say, I'll just go up to them right off the bat and say, hey, I just want to let you know, I get a poopy face when I'm <laughs> processing information. Please don't take it personally. I really like, I'm not rejecting your ideas. I'm just working through them. So if you see the poopy face, don't panic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and just, and, and, and I, and I say it just like that so, yeah. so that they know I have a sense of humor. I'm here to collaborate. Um, please don't be put off by this thing that I unfortunately cannot control because <laughs> either you get a pleasant face or you get processing information. You can't have both yeah. at the same time. <laughs> right. Because you're like, well, listen, I'm either thinking you about know, what my face is going to do, or I'm thinking about what you asked I'm me. I'm thinking about what you want. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. So um, so that's one thing. So like just automatically starting in, saying hello to everybody, trying to, to make eye contact and, and do the thing. Um, if you can go out with folks for drinks, do. Yeah. And that goes for like everybody. It's not just other singers or the conductor or somebody who can hire you. Go out with the stage crew. Yes. Meet the orchestra as much as you can. It's very hard to because so often we're kept very physically separate. Mm -hmm. But anytime that you can, just engage with people, like everybody, mm -hmm. you know, be nice to everybody because without every single member of the team, you know, the janitorial staff, mm -hmm. you know, the, the ushers, the everybody, this doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Absolutely. So spot on. But that's, yeah. So find, find community everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, and can I ask also building off of this, you, I know so many of the people who are listening to my podcast also want to get more involved with singing with orchestra. And it feels kind of like a, mm-hmm. a confusing path sometimes because they've, they've yeah. followed their YAP program. Like they, you know, they followed their YAP yeah. like trajectory or they're kind of doing, or maybe they've, they've found a niche in new music or early music types of things, but also mm-hmm. that it feels, you know, and composers also feel the same way that orchestra feels kind of like this this far off oasis where we don't really ever <laughs> like connect with anybody and so just in a right. in a very plain kind of conversation do you have any thoughts about how singers in particular can maybe feel more connected to orchestral singing and things like that so um it's it's a weird world. It's 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 a hard one to navigate for a bunch of reasons. Not the least of which is that the conductor is not always the one making the casting choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, quite often it's the orchestra manager who may or may not know what voices do. Right. Um, I, I've run into that quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so generally speaking, they're going to be looking for who did this recently, who did this work recently. Mm-hmm. Um. My biggest recommendation is if you can get together with some sort of community orchestra, do it for free, get a recording. Yeah. You know, it's all the better if it's a non-union gig so that you can actually use that recording. Yeah. Um, Having those recordings is everything. And cold call people. Yeah. Call in your connections. Who knows who? Mm -hmm. You know, um, that's always a thing, you know, and... And like, I, I actually, I was just thinking the other day, so I did um, a Mahler 8 with Joanne Folletta, I want to say like eight or 10 years ago. Yeah. Lord, that's, oh man, I want to do that one again. Uh, yeah. um, I was like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, it was, it was, it was, it was fabulous. That was, that was, it was a killer cast. It was just so loud. <laughs> um, we had to do it in a basketball arena. It was so many people. What? Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Incredible. And, uh, but there, but there's, there's a recording out and, um, and I just happened to listen to it the other day and I thought, oh, I need to write to Joanne. Joanne Folletta was conducting it and I, I adore her and I haven't seen her in a while. I thought, shit, just email her and say, Hey, I was just thinking of you. Yeah. You got any Mahler? You got any Mahler? Hey, hey, you got any Mahler? <laughs> I'll take some Verdi. I'll even do a Beethoven. Um, like, like, you know. <laughs> Whatever you got, whatever you got yeah. on tap, I'll do it. Yes. Um, oh, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's that. It's it's just checking in with people that you you've connected with in the past. You know, and that's one of the good things about Yaps so that they do try to get you in touch with people. I will say this: I, as a young person, um, had a very hard time doing. That. I still have a hard time doing it as an old person. I'm a Midwesterner, you know, <laughs> and you don't want to bother anybody. You don't. You don't. Where are you from? Well, Des Moines, Iowa, originally. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, nice. I'm from outside of Chicago. Yeah. I'm headed up to Green Bay tomorrow. All um, right. <laughs> but, uh, um, no, not tomorrow, Friday. A- anyway, not a point. So, um, but I, I have historically had an issue with, um, I don't want to bother anybody. I don't want to impose. I don't want to trouble anyone. Oh, but they, oh, I, they couldn't possibly want me to screw it. Just go bug people. Yeah. Just go bug people. What are they going to do? Say scram, get lost. Okay. I'll bug you later. You know, (laughs) it's, it's free. Send them an email. Say hi. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think doing, as you mentioned, also like building on the connections that you already have, making sure that those are strong reaching out to those people mm-hmm. regularly and then and then generating those those next conversations right that's kind of mm-hmm. the way that i try to like release some of like the burden of that is like megan are you just generating the next conversation right did you set up a situation where you can have another conversation with that person and potentially work right. to, you know <laughs> like, yeah like and there's nobody else if it's just us in our businesses 
you know, if you don't have a manager yet, or you don't have your own PR person, you are that person mm -hmm. and it's your responsibility. Yeah. Make sure that somebody knows that you're available for what you do. You know? Yeah, so, absolutely. I'm so glad that you said that because I think we all need to hear it sometimes just to kind of keep going. It's, <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard. And again, like if you have a respect for people's time and you're, and you're thoughtful and all this, screw it, be less thoughtful. <laughs> just go bug the people. Yes. Bug, bug the people. people. Yes. Because honestly, you never, you never know when they'll be like, oh shit, I need you right now. Yes. It's happened. It's happened. Where you're just like, oh, hey, how have you been? What's going on? How's your dog? And like, oh shit. Why didn't I think of you? Yeah, I need you for this thing right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, and also what you said about making sure that you, whenever you can get recording so that you can back it up with, here's an example of me doing the thing that you might need. Please take a listen. Yes. You know, I, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, so necessary, so helpful, but also get it where you can, right? Like, I think that's also part of our path is figuring out you know, you can't get glorious studio recordings from every single thing, especially no. early in your path. Like, no. get a just, voice memo. It's fine. Don't worry yeah, about do it. Do what You're you fine. can. <laughs> like, get what you can. <laughs> just get it. Just get yes. the thing. Just you get know, the thing. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be representative. Yep. Yep. You know, and, and, I, and again, we, we get really stuck on this. Well, it has to be perfect. If it's, if it's not flawless, then fuck that. Make it good i um a friend of mine always says screw tasteful i want tasty <laughs> yeah and it's it's such a, it's such a great way of putting it but i'm gonna borrow that's, that that's everything just take it yeah absolutely no i <laughs> i i stole that from rob mcpherson yeah. um <laughs> welcome um but yeah it's um done is better than perfect mm -hmm. yep yeah Exactly. And so I'm, but I am so glad to hear you say that in this space is that we have to talk about those things. And I think sometimes we get voices around us that say, oh, this isn't good enough yet. Or maybe, and sometimes they're worried about, I don't know, our teachers or how that's going to reflect on them or any of oh, that kind of stuff. And you have to just say like, you know what, I'm taking this step. I'm going to put myself out there. And if this isn't, you know, maybe I'm not the right match at this point in time, but that's okay. I'm going to just keep the practice is me putting myself out there, right? And like, right. I, and I'm yeah. just not going to stop. <laughs> that's right. Well, and that's like, okay, I, I think it's like a tech bro thing, fail faster. Yes, yes. But, but it applies to everything. Just yeah. get out there and make the mistakes. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, because you I, can't get past I, you know, it until you try it. Like, no, no, you, you have to mess up to learn. You, you just do. I... I actually consider myself very fortunate that I started my career as young as I did because I didn't know how much trouble I was in, yes. <laughs> you know? So I was just like, okay, I'll just go do whatever. Yeah. Bad things, man. <laughs> Mistakes were made. But I, but whatever, I survived it. It's fine. I'm still here to tell the tale. See? It's fine. See? But, but man, I learned a lot from all of those mistakes. Yeah. All of them. Every single one. I learned from watching other people's mistakes. Mm -hmm. I learned from making my own mistakes and recovering from them. You know? Because, um, man, I have almost quit this business. Like, for real, for real. Yeah. A couple of times. Yeah. I feel you on that, for sure. You know, and then it's... What uh, made you... What, what made you reconnect those times where you were like, that's it. Like, throwing in the towel. Honestly, I'm stubborn. <laughs> I'm prideful. <laughs> and um, like, well, okay, so one of the times, oh God, I had had just the worst, the worst year. It was so traumatic, just mm -hmm. soup to nuts. It was a full year oh, of just no. massive trauma um, through work. Oh no. Um, where I was put into physical danger. Um, I was dicked around by a major opera company. Oh. Uh, we don't need to get into but that but that's also where a lot of my my trigger stuff came from mm -hmm. and um i mean i'm sure my adrenals were just shot by the time i got home i was i was flayed yeah. i had nothing left Absolutely. um 
And it was, it was to the point where I was having trouble phonating. Oh. I was so anxious. I was so traumatized that I couldn't sing for 20 minutes. Somebody offered me a church job and I was afraid I couldn't get through it. Wow. It was yeah. that bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was trying to figure out, okay, so what, what can be my, my next, my second act? What's what, what do I do next? And I realized that unless I fulfilled my next upcoming gig, I couldn't even afford to go to school wow. to retrain. And so I thought, well, shit, all right, let's put on our big girl pants. We've got to get through this. Yep. Yep. We just have to not get fired. That's it. Just don't get yep. fired. Yep. You're like, because and the it was, thing making this happen is this, this paycheck at the end of it, it has to happen. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That was it. Um, so it was finances. And then once I did that gig and I, I got myself up to speed and people were very, I, I had some really wonderful interactions with individuals on that gig. Some of my older colleagues were so supportive and so kind. And, and they didn't know what I had been through, but they were supportive and kind and wonderful anyway. Um, I am so grateful to so many of the older colleagues that I've had over the years, Yeah, like just incredible wisdom and gentleness. Mm Um, yeah, I, 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 I can never repay all the debts that I owe. Um, that feeling too. Yeah. But yeah, no, the combination of just getting just enough confidence back mm-hmm. yep. and knowing that I, I was not going to be shoved out mm-hmm. by a couple of assholes in the business. I just wasn't. I refused. Yes. I exactly. said, I'm going out on my own terms. If, if I choose to leave, I'm choosing to leave. Yes. I'm not getting scared out. Yeah. And you're like, it's not going to be this person. Like they don't get to have that. No that last word on whether or not mm-hmm. I'm doing this, you know, that's, yeah. I'm, well, I'm really sorry that you went through especially <laughs> all of those experiences. But, you know what? <laughs> but I came out, I came out stronger on the end. I came out wiser on the end. I, I'm not saying, please, nobody needs to go through traumatic events in order to learn. I, I yeah. never, I never want to romanticize the pain of the business. Yep. I think that that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, no one needs to be abused. No, that's, that's not, uh, I, I hate that ideology. I hate that, that concept that we need to break down singers in order to rebuild it. No, bullshit. Yeah. no absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But for me in my, in my personal life and in my personal psychology and, and well-being, I benefited greatly from um, a very ugly yeah. situation yeah. eventually eventually it took time yeah well i am deeply grateful that that you were able to reconnect with your resilience through that even if i don't wish you to have to rely on that resilience <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah no not recommended yeah please learn from my pain you don't have to do it yourself right oh if we could only um, do it that way also, <laughs> also man therapy 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 yes therapy 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 do it for yourself do it for the people that you love do it like you know yeah good for everything (laughs) i you know i i didn't i didn't actually start therapy until the pandemic really well that's a good time to do it i've been i well (laughs) yeah no i mean i've been sort of i've been sort of white knuckling it my entire life and then all of a sudden i hit this like i mean we all hit it that that void yep where it's like Oh, I have nothing to hold on to now. I don't have a social life. I, you know, like finding other work was almost impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, everything fell apart. And, and I, I, I started spiraling. I went, Oh, guess what? It's therapy time. Yeah. (laughs) The things I've been afraid of. And it's been wonderful. Well, I'm so glad that you, that you didn't, stay too afraid of it to not go you know to like that you just oh yeah no jumped in uh, oh I, I i got forced <laughs> i got forced. I, well i also no you know what i i was very i was very lucky um i i have a friend who was working for better health at the time and got oh. me a code yeah so that i could get some some free therapy because one of the things that i was afraid of was that how many therapists am i going to have to pay 
to figure out who fits. Yeah, yeah, that's a real concern. And especially since our, our lives are so peculiar. Yes. Like so peculiar. Um, and you know, the muggles don't get it. <laughs> they they don't get it. No. And well, it's not and their fault. Yeah. Like you have to have people to talk to about about all of the things that we experience. And I think yeah. especially as singers, we as artists and and artists who sing, we we just like break open our chest all the time and we're like here are all the feelings and you're just constantly interacting with them and then you have your feelings mm -hmm. about the feelings and you have your feelings about the feelings mm -hmm. that you have about your business and you have your feelings you know it just like there is a lot to wade through and so much of being an artist can be individual that you have to build out your team i think and and having yeah. a trusted, oh my god yeah trusted person like that is absolutely part of the team right because friends are great yeah. i have an amazing social network i have the best social network again a bunch of neuro spicy weirdos they're mine <laughs> um <laughs> but sometimes you need someone who is not in your life yes yeah who really has no stake in anything yeah well and also just people that are skilled at doing those things and maybe teaching also. you strategies and things like that. It's like, it always kind of boggles my mind when we're, we're very clear about the point of studying with a teacher. Like we're, we're like, Oh, yes, mm -hmm. I should study one on one with a teacher for decades of my life. And then we mm -hmm. like, and then we don't apply that same logic to working with other professionals. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> that is the truth. It's like, no, I can do it on my own. I'm yeah. fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Totally fine. <laughs> no, no, no. See, like, shoved it all down. It's fine. Then. No. Don't mind me. Just put it in my colon. Give myself cancer. It's fine. Fine. <sighs> These digestive issues, not a problem. Nope, they're good. No, no need. No, no need to look at that. <laughs> that's just how that is. It's fine. God. Yeah. No, it's bad news. <laughs> <laughs> and this might also seem like a very weird segue, but because okay. of that, and because of, you know, having jumped into these things and going through all of the things that you've gone through with just the, the entire upset that is the pandemic, I feel like that opens us up to, to new things, to new thoughts. And because I believe mm. that curiosity is a superpower, but also a healing mechanism to get curious about something allows us to kind of just examine it, to get to get excited about something new, even if it's scary, um, that leads me to asking you, what's something that you're, that you're curious about these days? Everything. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 that, I mean, that, that sounds like a cop out. I know I, I am absolutely one of those Wikipedia whole people. Yes. Um, you know, no, like the hyper fixation is real. Like I taught, uh, okay, I had to learn to crochet for a show. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm making blankets and hats. And like, it's, I mean, I, it's a problem, you know, um, I can get very excited. I mean, you know, did you know that wombats have square poops? What? I did. Wow. See? Okay. Like this, this is, I'm fascinated by everything. Yes. I love I it. I think the world is a wild place. Um, I um I love seeing okay this is gonna seem like it doesn't connect but come with me for a second during the pandemic one of the other things that I did is I did yoga teacher training yeah um and uh, yoga teacher training with a specific uh, focus on uh, racial justice and social justice in general um so I did I did a lot of reading um which was great you know a lot of yoga the texts, but also a lot of social justice texts, um, had some very incredible um, conversations and sort of expansions of um, perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just started reading um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, it's interesting as I'm reading it, it's like, <sighs> this it's coming across as some white boy bullshit. <laughs> but the concepts are also very yogic. 
Yes. Um, mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, like the, in terms of philosophy of letting go of um, adjusting our priorities of um, revisiting what is important and what isn't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what is within our control and what isn't. And um, so once you take out all the white boy privilege, it's, it's fine. Yeah. I remember That's, listening to that book and feeling and feeling mm-hmm. similarly to it. <laughs> like, right? Yes. You're like, there's good information. You know, the only here, reason I but the only, Oh yeah, no, I hate the package. Um no, so the only reason I picked it up was because oh shoot. Um who's that congresswoman? Katie, uh the one who does all the numbers and stuff. Oh, um, I am not You know who I'm talking about yes. though, right? Yes, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I can't think of this off the top of my head. Nope. Neither can I. But I saw her reading it on the floor of the house. I went, well, if it's good enough for her, it's good enough for me. I'm in. I love also just the optics of that is great. (laughs) So good. It was so great. Like, because I I can't remember what it was during that she was reading it. And I was like, this is delicious. I was like, good job, Katie, with the medium is the message. (laughs) Like that. It's so good. Katie Porter. Katie there Porter. You go. Yes. Yes. Love her. I yes. love her. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So there's a lot of reading. There's a lot of stuff yeah. going on. And, um, you know, I think, but I think that that's actually at the heart of being a good artist mm-hmm. is finding the beauty and the excitement in everything. Yeah. There is nothing that's beneath you. There's nothing that's above you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just and God, with, with the access to information that we have, you know, real or not, it's an incredible gift. Yep. Um, you know, oh my God, just being able to, to go down um, a rabbit hole of watching videos of the, of like Lee Dean Price and, and all yes. these old greats. And oh my God, it, they're just at, at the flip of a, you know, at, 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 at the touch of a finger. I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's an expression that I'm not <laughs> grabbing right now, but but yeah, everything, everything is there at your fingertips. Right. Well, and I, um, it's I'm sure that you've probably experienced this. I think that all of us, you know, um, very present emotionally people like, you know, it can be, and especially I think if you, if you're kind of um, digging into understanding your neurodivergence and things like that, mm-hmm. is that there are all these ebbs and flows for where it might feel a little too heavy. Like it feels like the, there's like so much that's weighing us down. And I, I find that curiosity like that helps me um, kind of break through it to, to find light and kind of open back up a little bit and not like, Mm -hmm. not feel like everything's on my shoulders. But I'm wondering if that's something for you that does being curious and wanting to know more does that ever come to a point where it does feel like very heavy and very weighing you down or does it does it stay in a place where when you're learning when you're growing when you're taking information in or being curious about things that that actually helps you also stay stay lighter stay a little less encumbered so um for me there are two sides of the internet there's a side of the internet that informs me of the things that i need to know in order to be like a grown-ass person who knows what's going on in the world um and then there's the the pitbull side which is um where i look at cute doggies on the internet all day yes. yeah. um and 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 get my my good happy hormonal drugs from that um but it's 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 figuring out like when you need which um because yeah no there are absolutely times where it's like it's too much mm-hmm. it's too heavy i can't and it's it's and it's diminishing returns on certain kinds of curiosity like when when your heart is broken, you can't take in anymore. Mm-hmm. So take a second, step back, come back to it when when you've taken care of yourself and gotten a couple of giggles, yeah. you know. Yeah. Because I mean, it's a, it's the same as um, you know, whenever you're doing a comedy, uh, everybody's real grouchy, and every time you're doing a tragedy, people are funny as hell. And I, and I that always makes me laugh. Yes, you know, <laughs> what a funny every dichotomy. damn time. <laughs> oh yeah, well, yeah, but it's because like you're putting all the everything into this thing, and then you know you have to have your balance. Yeah, on the other side. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and like you're saying, I think 
I'm always just so curious about hearing how other artists are balancing, especially um, just the ubiquity of social media, the ubiquity of information in our lives. Mm. And then, and then we are the limiters. Like we're the people who kind of open up the floodgates or close the floodgates and, and how, how we each um, do that so that we can stay available as artists. I don't know. That seems like a very kind of cliche way of saying the thing that I mean, but I think you have to, so much vulnerability that goes into the art making that um, being your own limiter for the information that's coming into your life is so important. So I, that's, I always want to hear people talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know you, you, you have to figure out your own like uh, social uh, water pressure, so yeah, to speak. Exactly. You know, totally. Well, and this is so amazing. I, I'm, I'm going to bother you again and be like, where can I sign up for more Antime? <laughs> like, but yeah, hey, any, anytime. I know I'm, I'm happy to, because again, like I said, I got all the stories. We haven't even scratched the surface. I know. Um, I, was I like, will talk shit all day. I'm like, okay, studio class <laughs> listeners, like way back in and we'll bring Ann back for like, <laughs> for like the story, the story time. We'll do like a, we'll do like a, uh, you know a vip like buy-in for all the stories <laughs> like, <laughs> there you go yes yes get all the juice i'll start dropping names yes oh boy <laughs> well and okay I'll, before I'll before that if people want to come hear you sing or they want to find out about your recordings or they want to just kind of be in your world a little bit more and like find out more information about what you've got going on where do they find you on the internet so um, my website is www.nmquintero.com. Very easy to find. Would you like to spell um, it for us, for, for our listeners? Ah, yeah, absolutely. Um, A-N-N-M as in Mary, Q-U-I-N-T-E-R-O.com. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm at Mezzo Quintero on Instagram. Uh, that's really a lot of dogs. Um, <laughs> just dogs. So you know. Um, it's just gonna be a lot of animals and and occasionally like gig stuff, but it's 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 mostly my my little furry friends, um, because uh, I I did I did foster a pit bull over the pandemic and I I am in love with her, yes. um, and uh, yeah. So actually, I'm I'm taking the summer off. I'm really I'm kind of excited about that. Yes. Um, that's great because I I was running hard the last like year and a half. Yep, I'm very happy to have just some quiet time. I'm gonna go hang out in the West and flatten my bowels. Yes. Um, <laughs> go, you go know, eat gotta, some, gotta, some cheese curds, like some. <laughs> oh, you betcha. Gonna get a butter burger up at Kroll's, you know? Um, yeah, get my summer sausage in. Exactly, oh, exactly. Um, yeah, so so that, and um, yeah, in, in, the, in the fall, I'm gonna be back to my Messiah and Verdi Requiem shenanigans. <laughs> so I'll be with Colorado Symphony in December and Charleston Symphony in March, I wanna say. And then uh, some TBAs. We'll yeah. see. Okay. Well, TBAs. I will. I will keep an eye out for them. And then, especially, and so this should be uh, our. You know, our listeners will be hearing this episode kind of sooner rather than later from when we're recording it. So, um, anything else that we find out about, I'll, I'll add it to our show notes, and you can kind of listeners, you can keep keep up with Anne and hear more about all of her awesome going goings on. And yeah, Anne, thank you so so much. I think. As I mentioned, we could I could ask you so many more questions and we could do so many more stories, but this has been so lovely and just personally, selfishly, thank you for these conversations that we got to get into today. I just really benefited from hearing hearing all of your thoughts. And so thank you. I know that our listeners are gonna feel the, the exact same way. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope I can have you back on studio class in the future. Anytime. Thank you so much for listening to this masterclass episode on Studio Class. Hey, before you go, do you have a second? Will you take a screenshot of this episode and share it to Instagram with your takeaways? You can tag me there at Mezzoinen. That's M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. It makes a huge difference when you share this podcast with your friends or even strangers, really. So with that in mind, I hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.